0: This is the GOAT Level Podcast with your host, the GOAT, the legend, the hero, Van Pugh. Rest in peace to Vin Scully and Bill Russell. Uh, Bill Russell these days is just a pawn in the whole GOAT conversation when it comes to Jordan and LeBron. And you can even throw Kareem in there. Mostly Jordan and LeBron. And even Curry to some people. He's just a pawn in that conversation. But, you know, he was 11-time champion. He was an activist. Definitely known for that that Cleveland conference. I think that's what it's called. I don't know. The thing that he did with Bobby Mitchell and Muhammad Ali and Kareem just to support Muhammad Ali's decision to not fight in the Vietnam War. Reading about that was incredible, man. How they came together, even though they didn't support Ali's decision. I mean, he did, they didn't really support everything he stands for. That's what I meant to say. They didn't support everything he stood for, but they stood behind him for his decision because they know how black people had been treated in America up to that point. and And somehow... Even today, you know, how minorities are treated even today. So they had to, they definitely felt like they had to stand behind them for that. And they did. And I applaud them for that. It's just Bill Russell's a legend. Looking at all those clips about him, he was low-key a funny guy. He really was. He was a joy to be around. But, you know, uh, I-, I thought he was at All-Star Weekend in Cleveland, but he wasn't. I guess he was sick. So I guess there were some things going on behind the scenes that we didn't know and then boom he's gone. It's just just like Vince Scully, I just thought he was going to live forever it seems. You know what I'm saying? You know, he just he was still around, he was still kicking it, but now he's just gone. And Vince Scully, you know, a lot of respect for him. Definitely moment of silence all over the MLB. All over the ballparks, everyone saying their moment of silence and giving their respects. And I love it. I didn't know he was a part of all those iconic calls. Like the Bill Buckner thing and um the, I think the Hank Aaron home run too. I want to say the record breaker. It's just he has seen a lot. He was around when Jackie Robinson was playing. 67 years broadcasting is unreal. That is just pure greatness. See, when you're truly great, you have much more longevity than a lot of other folks when you're truly great at what you do. So shout out to those guys. They will be missed. Vince Scully was 94 and Bill Russell was 88. Man, I hope hope when I go... I live a full successful life like that and be respected when I go. Now, when I go, now I told my mom that y'all just cremate me, don't spend all that money on funeral costs and stuff. But you know what? I'm going to be gone. I don't care what y'all do. So hopefully I don't have to worry about that or family don't have to worry about that anytime soon. But hey, it's all in God's hands. When it's our time, it's our time. Anyway um golden l standings i forgot to tweet it oh i didn't forget i just was loafing but here is the updated golden l standings uh coming in last and eliminated from this but i guess i'll just mention them anyway basically the mystics are eliminated but they are 20 and 13. i will talk about them soon this is the only winning team on the list and playoffs start for them like in a week and a half so their season's almost over and they're guaranteed to have a winning record and they play la next and i think they got two more teams they just lost chicago like i said I'll, i'll talk about it soon but oh hell i might as well keep going uh yeah the mystics You know, they uh, split with Seattle. Against Seattle in the second game, they pretty much dominated the whole time. Everybody played to my surprise. So if I would have went like I originally planned to, then I would have saw everybody play, and it would have been a competitive game. Like it was. Uh, Seattle made a hell of a run at the end. But... At the end of the day, the Mystics won, and it was a big win. They clinched a playoff berth, but they're still behind the Storm because the Storm, I think, won another game after that. The the Mystics did too. They beat the Aces. They beat the Aces three times. Unbelievable. I never thought it was possible, especially – the way the Aces came out, I think they started off like 8-0, eight, 9-0. Eight no, they didn't because, remember, their first loss was against the Mystics, and I was there. But they started off really well. The Mystics are the only team to beat them not only twice but three times. And, of course, our success against the Aces is negated against is negated by our lack of success against the Chicago Sky, who is the best team in the league right now. They pretty much clinched the number one seed. They got a two-game lead on the Aces and the Sun. I I just don't see them catching the Sky. Uh, Yeah, the Sky have won three of four against the Mystics. They're the only team that has beaten the Mystics three times so that triangle is weird and the Chicago Sky have a lot of problems against the Aces now they did split however the Aces had 20point lead in the first game and should have won the second time they had a 20-point lead the sky wanted to come back but they couldn't that time but you know I'm looking forward to storm versus Mystics that's that looks like where we're headed um, now we just got to see who's going to get home court advantage. Now about the playoffs, I had it wrong. Well, I kind of had it right at first. It is one through eight, but it's a little different. The first series is best two out of three. I think this is how they used to do it. This is how they did it back in the day. I think it was all like two out of three. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was all two out of three, but now. It's best two out of three, then best three out of five, then best three out of five. The weird part is, though, the team with a home court advantage gets the first two games, and if it goes to a deciding game, the team without the home court advantage gets to play game three in their building. I don't get that, but whatever. I mean... I guess how tough travel is, I guess you have to do it some way, somehow. But, hey, the team that got home court advantage gets two. They get two games at home. If you can't take care of business two out of three, then I guess you don't deserve the advantage. So I guess I can see where they're coming from here. But Seattle Storm, Washington Mystics, I'm expecting that. Uh, hopefully the mystics can find some way to grab this fourth seed so we can have a good chance of winning the first two games at home and closing out the series then we can get ready for what i'm expecting the to be the chicago sky which we've had trouble with that's the team we've had a lot of trouble with so i i'm scared of that matchup but you know when you got Deladon, anything's possible. And that's real talk. So, hey, when we got a player like that, why why not? We, we can beat the Storm two out of three. We got Natasha Cloud. She's a great leader. Shakira Austin has come along. Maisha Hines-Allen is tough, and she can knock down shots. Veterans like Alicia Clark and Walker Kimbrough, they you know, they're they're solid role players. Machita, if we can get her going, she's her quickness is ridiculous. Like, if we can get her going, and she can hit a few buckets. I mean, we we got this. Oh, and Ariel Atkins. Well, how am I forgetting our second best player? An all star. <laughs> so listen, man. We got the group to get past Seattle, even though Seattle's going to be tough. And possibly the Chicago Sky, even though they've been the best team the majority of the season. I mean, hey, uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, one of them games, we didn't have Deladon. I can't remember which one. It was the Chicago game. That's that's one reason why we lost. But even with Deladon, we've lost to the Chicago Sky. But with Deladon, a healthy Deladon in the playoffs, I don't see why not. I don't see why we won't, you know, have the opportunity to knock them off. I know they're the defending chance. We could do it. Even if they come to D.C. 2-0. With this group, I mean, you could definitely reel off two here at the ESA, our fans will show up and support. I promise. All right, man. I went on and on. But yeah, their last place in the Golden L standings. And Coming in third is the Washington. No, 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 no. So they're in last. So the Mystics are in last. Coming in third is the Washington Spirit. Looking at the standings, I guess they had another tie. That is, their record is miraculous. They got one win, nine ties, and five losses. I do not understand. Now, that goal by uh, Miss Hatch, I guess she came back from injury recently. But um, that goal by Hatch was great, and it was an equalizer. But I guess nothing happened from there, so they tied with Louisville. I just don't understand why they tied so many games. They only got one win. These are the defending champs, and they're in 10th place. I-, I just don't get it. I, I really don't. I'm supposed to go see them on August 10th, but I'm playing basketball instead. So I I don't know when the next time I'm going to see these girls. But I I hope they, you know, get it together. I hope some of these ties turn into Ws because, wow, what are we doing? So the ladies are third and fourth. The fellas are one and two. Now coming in second is DC United because Taxi Fuentes. Against Orlando came through late in, the hour. late in the midnight hour. Real talk. Because, listen, DC United was surely headed towards another loss. See, I was watching the, the highlights of it. I was watching the highlights. And Orlando should have had two more goals. There was there was a play where the goalie was pretty much at the corner of the box and the defenders were barely covering the goal in his absence. That should have been a goal. The guy kicks it over the dang net. And then another one they had that was wide open breakaway. They couldn't get that. I can't believe it, bro. I can't believe it. They, they let us hang around. And then an extra time after the 90th minute, Dang, I forgot who scored the first goal. Yeah, one of our captains, one of our leaders got the first goal, and then taxi got the second goal. And you know what I say. If you get put on the taxi, you got to ride straight to an L. But D.C. United is so bad that usually these guys get away in their own whips and they don't get put on the taxi. You know, that was Wayne Rooney's first game, and that was a magical first game. I wish I was there. I'd have never seen anything like it. I mean, down one nothing in extra time, and then we scored two straight goals? I've never seen anything like that. That was incredible. And then, to follow up with that, we lose to Charlotte, and I'm just like, Charlotte's a mediocre team. They're an expansion team. And I'm just like, how. We're the most storied franchise, and we're losing to another expansion team. The DC United is in last place. But looking at the standings, it's hilarious because, like, the people who are in contention for that last playoff spot are only eight points ahead of DC United. So all it'll take is a good little winning streak, and they're back in it. But I've been saying this for at least a month or two. But this team is trash. So, they're second in the Golden L standings. Um, and coming in first, you're tanking Washington Nationals. Trash. They are, see, I have it right here. I have it as 31 and 63, but in actuality, they are 32 and 71. That is in, That is unreal unreal trash and you know that so i guess we gotta talk about the nationals and the juan soto trade i mean juan soto it the time has come he's gone if it actually happened now when on monday okay on monday the trade deadline was tuesday right on the monday before that the day before Max Scherzer's in town to play against the Nationals. And I'm just like, man, I should go for nostalgia's sake. I mean, it's Max, it's the Nats versus the Mets. This might be Juan Soto's last game as a National. This might be Josh Bell's last game as a National. And I started to get emotional about it. And I'm like, dang, man, I'm gonna miss these guys, man. I'm gonna really miss them. But I realized that it's not personal, his business. Now, when I didn't hear about them getting traded, even after the game, I was like, oh, man, they might be staying. But then I realized, wait, that doesn't make any sense. The best time to trade Juan Soto is now. This is his highest value because we don't know what will happen if you kept them on the team on this losing team that's going nowhere. I'm not sure what would have happened. I mean, he could probably, he could have got hurt. Or it, it maybe it could have went the other direction that he played so well that even more teams want to jump in because they realize that this is a generational talent. But we couldn't play Russian roulette. We couldn't roll the dice here. He had to make it happen. The team is going nowhere. The team was losing. As much as I love those guys, and surprise, surprise, they were the only ones that did anything against Scherzer. Uh, Well, Caber Ruiz did a little something, but wow. Uh, Unbelievable. Soto got his first home run against Scherzer. It's cool that Soto and Bell did that. Their last games as Nationals. Also, I got to – but I did get to see right before that. I got to see them versus the Cardinals, and we won 7-5. And, you know, it was another classic Paulo Espino game. You know, Paolo Espino gives up a big home run to a big power hitter and blows the game open. And usually we can't recover, but we kept plugging away and pugging away, and then Josh Bell hit that home run, and I was like, man, I was so excited that it's just sometimes sometimes this trash Nats team make you feel good about being a Nats fan. That's what that Cardinals game was about. That was a heck of a game to go to. And it was well attended, just like the Braves game I went to. And then they turn around and after they traded Soto and Bell. To the Padres? Um, I kept hearing about the Padres being in it, but I just didn't think, I didn't really take them that seriously. I thought the Cardinals was going to emerge. I kept hearing about them, or maybe the Dodgers, they got they got Scherzer and Turner off of us. But they went to the Padres, and I thought it was just Soto. Nah, it's Josh Bell too. I was like, wow, they got both of them. I was like, this puts them in contention for real. But already they've lost two games. They lost to the Rockies, and they got blasted by the Dodgers last night. I Listen, man, I'm not sure what they're doing. I don't know if they had the pitching to compete with the Dodgers, but they look good on paper, especially when Tatis come back. Tatis, Machado, Josh Bell, And Soto, man, that's a lot of that's a lot of good bats coming out of that lineup. But do they have the pitching outside of Musgrove? That is the thing. Here's the thing, though. After we traded him, we still playing the Mets, and Jacob Degrom is back. Surely, I've I've waved the right flag. I'm like, oh, Jacob Degrom's pitching. We just traded our two best players. We're the worst team in the league. There's gonna be a million Mets fans at the game. Surely we're gonna lose this game. Man, these clowns won 5-1. How did they do that? And how do the Mets allow that lineup? Bro, this lineup was sick. It had this was before Luke Volt joined the team. This was before Luke Volt. And I'm just like, before Luke Volt, who we got started. Victor Robles, Cesar Hernandez, Yadiel Hernandez, Cabert Ruiz, one of my new favorite players, Uh, Palacios from AAA. I'm like, man, you let this lineup beat you? And Victor Robles has been killing it lately, by the way. <laughs> he made Baumgartner mad and everything. He got a hit off DeGrom and a stolen base. Bruh. He's coming along. He really is. I mean, our best hitter in the lineup now is Yadiel Hernandez. Wow. We, we got a bunch of prospects back. We got that Hassel guy who is, I guess he's going to be in an outfield with Robles, un, unless we trade Robles. Uh, he's, he's supposed to be really good. He's supposed to be a, a top prospect. He's definitely San Diego's top prospect. Um, Mackenzie Gore—he's hurt. That sucks, but he's just like Josiah Gray, another you know young major league pitcher that has potential. Okay, that 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 bolsters up our um, rotation. And then uh, who else we got? So we got some young kid that's 18. That's I think he's like Dominican or something. Uh, he's another pitcher that got some good stuff and throws a hard fastball and i'm just like yeah they say he's not supposed to come up to the league until like 2025 okay i'm probably gonna forget about him and then when when we finally call him up i'm gonna snap my fingers and be like oh that's that guy that was in the soto trade (laughs) oh man oh man we got some kid who used to play with elijah green and he started off playing basketball for St. John's. Uh, he's some six seven. Is he a pitcher? I think he a pitcher. I, I don't know. He might be a... No, he's a position player, but he's like an Aaron Judge. Like, that's his... His ceiling could be the next Aaron Judge. I would love that. I would love to have that on my team. And he's cool with Elijah Green. These two could be the next big thing, you know? They could be... Kind of like Kid and (laughs) Blake. Oh man, we got one more person that's gonna be in the minor leagues. I can't remember who that was, but um, yeah, man, uh, yeah, I like what we got back, I like the prospects we got back, but I don't expect any of them to contribute anytime soon. And I'm expecting the number one or number two pick in the draft next year and hopefully that player is a star but man what a time to be a Nats fan and oh this is the kicker I went to the Nationals and Phillies game in Philly game 1 oh great another comeback Noah Syndergaard once I you know I was listening to WIP and once I heard their lineup Gene is coming back I was like oh wow you got Gene Segura, Kyle Swarber, Reese Hopkins, no Bryce Harper, thank God, because that's overkill. And Derek Hall. This lineup is sick. Am I forgetting anybody? Nah, nah, I don't think so. Oh, JT Real Muto. This lineup looked like, oh, surely what Paulo Espino pitching again? The one who just gives up home runs like air candy? Of course, we're gonna lose. We're gonna get killed. To my surprise, they lit Cindergaard up. We just couldn't get those runners off base, and Victor Robles once again was killing it. He he started off the game with with a single and then he stole another base. And then of course, uh, I think it was was it Yachty that got him home? No, it was Caesar. Caesar got him home. And I was like, man, oh, my God. No, it was Luke. Luke Luke got him home. Luke got him home. I was like, man. And Luke Volk. Luke Volk started off well. Two for three with an RBI. 11 hits off Cindergard But, see, I left. I left at the end of the third inning because I knew what was about to happen. I knew it was going to rain. I kept looking at my weather app. I was like, oh, hell no. I got a long way to go to my car. My original plan was to hang out at the casino and let the traffic die down. I was like, nah, I'm gonna be stuck here for hours if I do that and no baseball is gonna happen. So I made a beeline for the car and I drove to the hotel. It was an L. Literally, the Nats lost. And my parlay was a Nats win, the money line, Nats win, And Kbert Ruiz hit a home run. Now, Kbert Ruiz went one for two, I believe. Maybe two for three. Now, I think he went two for three, and he didn't hit a home run. I mean, he was going to, the way we were batting that night, he was going to go up at least two more times. I am heated. An L for no reason. Like we needed any help getting any more Ls. I guess one way you can look at it is we're terrible, and we need to tank anyway. So maybe it's not that bad. But then again, I'm on a road trip. It would have been cool to see us win in Philly again, especially on such a big night. They was giving out the, a 1980 replica ring. The Syndergaard was back. Segura was back. We could have really ruined things, and it was quiet in that stadium the first two innings. But... The weather ruined it, and then MLB don't want to continue the game the next day. bro. what? Man, they they totally robbed us, man. I, I I can't believe they did that to us. But, hey, you know, we're tanking, so wh- whatever, whatever. Uh, no one's going to remember this. Well, I am, but it's not that big of a deal at the end of the day because we trash, and you know that. I'm going to miss Juan Soto, but at the end of the day, we're just not good. And we just need to get all the value we can get for these veterans. And the only player that's left from the World Series team is Victor Robles. And at least he's getting better. Now, will he stay around during this rebuild? I don't know. But we'll see. We got a lot of expiring contracts. I mean, I'm looking at it right now. Um, got a lot of expiring contracts Cesar Hernandez Anibal Sanchez who I can't believe he's still on the team which he just came back and he didn't do too well Steve Shishak one of our bullpen arms Sean Doolittle I guess he was one of the few people that was he was one of the two people that was on our team Gerardo Parra what the heck bro I thought he retired Michael Franco Tyler Clippard, Erasmo Ramirez, some key pieces to our trash team. A lot of these people not going to be here next season. So I guess we just going to do the whole thing of, you know, bringing up people from AAA, drafting people, um, and getting free agents, cheap veterans, I I, I guess. Um, and we just going to run it with Luke Vogt and whoever comes out of Triple A Vic, and Victor Robles, I guess. And Cabert Ruiz. Uh, we're going to have him and, of course, Josiah Gray. Maybe Eric Fetty and Joe Ross. Eric Fetty's hurt right now. I don't know. Uh We're going to be trash for a minute. And I should be used to this because this is what it was like to be a Nats fan from 2005 until 2012. But, man, I don't want to go through this again. I'm too emotionally invested. I'm much more emotionally invested than I was back then. So going through this now and this going through this now after seeing them win a World Series and seeing them be at least decent for seven years after seven years of trash when I wouldn't really pay attention to them, it's going to suck. I'm not looking forward to it. But it is what it is. This is where we are today. Wow, this this show has really gone off the rails. (laughs) But man, oh man. Wow. Dang. Ayo. (laughs) Oh man, there's no hypothetical. There's no GOAT level combo. I mean, I could make one up off the fly because, you know, man. Um, Deshaun Watson. So I guess I'll end with this. No hypothetical. So I guess this will be a shorter show than normal. But, yeah, no hypothetical. But Deshaun Watson was supposed to get six games. Okay, no, no, no. Okay, let's, let's start over. So Deshaun Watson got six games. The moment I saw that, I was expecting eight, by the way. But he got six. The moment I saw that, I went to Twitter. Because I was like, there's got to be outrage over this. And, of course, there was. Bro, 24 cases against him. That is a lot. That is a lot. And it's been proven that, you know, he, he did some very questionable thing. I heard the judge threw out 20 of those cases. And he's just dealing with the four that are kind of unsettled. Uh... I was like, after reading Sue's remarks, Judge Sue Robinson's remarks about acknowledging how he acted inappropriate and did some things that are just inappropriate for anybody, not just NFL players, I was like, how is this just six games? I think it's just because going by the CBA... And that there is no precedent for what Deshaun Watson did. Like you look at the similar cases, like uh, Roethlisberger, Ezekiel Elliott, there was just no grounds to punish him past six games. But you read the p- personal conduct policy, but you 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 read it, and it's just it it says that they can go beyond. They can go beyond the usual measures or the usual punishment if such conduct warrants it. I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but I swear that's what it says. You can go read it. Just, just go look it up. But this guy, six games. I was thinking when I saw that at first, I was like, there's no way the NFL is going to appeal because they both agreed. On a, a neutral arbitrator. But I was like, dang, I know the Browns fans are happy. I know Deshaun Watson's camp is happy. Or maybe behind the scenes, they were just quiet and, and maybe kind of, you know, nervous because they knew that the NFL was probably going to appeal and they have appealed and they appointed. Some former New Jersey general that has expertise in uh, sexual assault in domestic cases uh, appointed by Roger Gazelle, Goodell. So I'm like, yes, yeah, not looking good for Deshaun. Maybe he'll get 12 games. Maybe he'll get a year. <laughs> as soon as they said the NFL was going to appeal, I-, I I just thought about that dude from WWE. Hold on a minute, player. Hold on a minute, player. <laughs> I was like, yo. After learning about all he did, I thought he deserved a year suspension. Uh, I'm pretty much cool with 12 to a year. Uh, Six is, I, I don't think six is enough. But 12 to a year is fine, you know. Just get ready for Jacoby Brissett to play to start at least the first six games also i want to see what deshaun watson and his legal team does i think they're preparing to sue the nfl but is it going to be like tom brady where you try to sue the nfl it isn't worth fighting then you take the suspension and then once he comes back then everything is normal again but this is different though like we talking about deflating footballs and I don't know, sex-offending actions. It's crazy, man. But Sean Watson definitely has to be punished for what he did. Like, it's just last year was crazy. The Texans mutually agreeing for him not to play. (laughs) I felt like maybe he should have played. But then again, if he got hurt, it would have been hard for the Texans to trade him. So maybe it was good that he didn't play. But, man, I guess the Browns fans are split on Deshaun Watson. They will be until the day he's off the team. But, man, this ain't looking good for Deshaun Watson. I just think it's going to be hard to fight the NFL because their pockets are so long, and it's going to be hard to fight them in court and get an injunction or a restraining order. But we'll see, you know. Crazy thing, crazier things have happened. Wow. This was a pretty short show. With no hypothetical or goat level combo. But you know, I'll try to do both next show. And you know, <laughs> more golden L standings, even though the Mystics, I might just start stop mentioning them. But I'ma talk about them though, because I mean they're about to be in the playoffs. They're about to be in the playoffs. So I'm I'm excited about that. I hope they win it all. They have a good chance to, even though the sky looked really good. The Aces, I mean, it's one thing to beat them in the regular season. It's another thing to beat them in the playoffs. But we'll see. Everybody else, DC United, the national spirit, that's a tight race for that Golden L Trophy. Anybody can win it. <laughs> Literally anybody can win that. But for now, hey, it's a wrap for this show. So you already know that I'm out. Peace. Like lie One more thing. You know I'm enjoying this back and forth between Mets and Braves fans. They got a big series this weekend, and I think they got another big series next weekend. I'm enjoying this back and forth. It reminds me of the back and forth we used to have with Braves fans when we were competitive and going back and forth with the Braves for the um, NL East title. Man, those are some really hype games. And, you know, I don't know who I want to win out of that. I don't really care. I should. It should be the Mets because the Mets aren't the defending champs and the Braves – keep winning the division they Won the division what four years in a row at one point they had a 14 year East winning streak should be the mets but it's the mets i can't stand them and they stole serzer from us so i'm like man i don't know if i can deal with that but i enjoy the twitter back and forth every time the mets lose uh the Braves fans come out there with their memes, and every time the Braves lose, the Mets make fun of them. I, it, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun summer between them two. And then Mets and Yankees, I can't wait to go to that. I got my ticket for that, so I'm, I'm excited to go to one of those games. Um, their back and forth is always hilarious. I just want to see how this all resolves, how this all turns out, and who ends up winning the bragging and Wright championship. For 2022. But for real now. I'm out. Peace. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Goat Level Podcast. Make sure you share, subscribe, and get money.